HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hi, I'm Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd on Heritage Radio Network. Today I have the pleasure of an in-studio visit from Mary Keene of Cypress Grove Cheese. Um, I cannot imagine any Cutting the Curd listener not knowing of Mary Keene. Wow. <laughs> well, we, we have a small idea. <laughs> Well, we have a dedicated. My mom and your mom. <laughs> we have a dedicated audience, <laughs> and and you are one of the original American goat cheese makers, or even American cheese makers, wouldn't you say? Well, I actually did get an award for being one of the founders of the goat cheese industry, along with several other women, which is kind of fun that it's kind of a women. Yes, yes. And are those, let's see, was Jennifer Bice and Allison Hooper, Hooper and Judy Shad and yep. Laura Chanel. Oh, okay, great. Yep. So that's the, the big yeah, five. The big five from <laughs> ACS. And it was interesting because we all started about the same time, mm-hmm. but... We didn't really know each other. Mm -hmm. Now, I was going to ask you that. Back in Cal, did you meet the California goat ladies first, or did was it always national? Well, Judy Shad bought her first, um, not her first goats, but bought her breeding stock from me. So I knew Judy before she started making cheese. So we are very best friends. Okay, and did she? right away go to the Midwest? She had always been in the Midwest. So okay. we got our start showing goats. So mm-hmm. goats is an art form, which is a lot like the Best in Show movie 
uh-huh. about dogs. Okay. Okay. How world. long were you only doing goats as an art form? 15 or 20 years. A long time. Yeah. So I had national champions of my breed. I bred for um, healthy, productive goats. That was my mm-hmm. thing and sold. That was your category. Yes. And Alpine. then you sold them and you sold them to Judy to make cheese or to, did she want to be a goat breeder also? She was already a goat breeder. Okay. And Jennifer Bice was a goat breeder. Mm-hmm. So we all had that in common. Mm-hmm. The three of us were pretty good friends. And was it, is, why is it or is it mostly women that like goats? So we think, you never know exactly, but I think it's because our history in our country is cowboys. Ah, okay. And So the boys get the cows. The boys get the cows. They're big and mm-hmm. beefy. Mm-hmm. And the girls get the sweet little goats who are smart and problematic and interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, now, I love how all your info says self-proclaimed hippie. <laughs> now, were you a self-proclaimed hippie then? So before I, my oldest daughter was born in 1970. And mm-hmm. so I got my first goat in 1971 because I wanted her to have only the best, most healthy milk. So you were going to feed her goat milk? Yeah, mm-hmm. once she was ready for real food. So mm-hmm. um, we lived next door to a cow dairy that kept goats as brush control. Mm-hmm. And so I asked the woman if I could buy a goat, and she laughed and said, Honey, if you can catch one, you can have it. <laughs> uh, that was my first two goats, Hazel and Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. And they were super wild and difficult. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. And what breed were they? They were every kind of breed. Oh, oh they, were, they were mutts. <laughs> they were absolute mutts. Absolute mutts. Oh, like, oh, so goats can be mutts, too. Oh, sure. Okay. So Esmeralda was black with these big long horns that mm-hmm. were very Moorish looking, you know. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and Hazel was um, an alpine type mm-hmm. goat. Um, how long did they live? Well, they were, I don't know how old they were when I got them. Hazel mm-hmm. was old. But then mm-hmm. we moved to 80 acres. Um, where we built a log cabin um, with logs we drug out of the woods with a horse. So I was. <laughs> this is how you've gotten the title of self-proclaimed serious hippie. hippie. <laughs> serious, serious hippie. You dragged logs out with a horse. With a horse, okay. And strip the bark off uh-huh. and use that for the foundation mm-hmm. of the sixteen by sixteen cabin mm-hmm. that we lived in. Wow! And this is already in Humboldt County. This is in yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which was even more the middle of nowhere then. Very much. I mean. Very much so. <laughs> I mean, the smallest parcel was 40 acres. Uh-huh. And, you know, there was not much going on there. <laughs> <laughs> and I also read that you were a single mother of four? Well, okay. Time passed. Yeah, so Mallory was born, mm-hmm. the, my oldest daughter, and then I had twins. Ah. Um when she was not quite two and my husband at that time left right Mm -hmm. about that time Mm -hmm. they were born. So then I moved to McKinleyville, which is the next town up Mm -hmm. and remarried and had another child. So, Mm. and that did not work out so well, (laughs) (laughs) but at any rate, I ended up with four girls, four girls, a single mom living and, and a self-proclaimed hippie. Yes. Wow. So, so did the goats support you? 
even when they were just for show? Well, the show goats, you know, we sold breeding stock. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Breeding of goats Mm -hmm. is often done by artificial insemination like cows. So Mm -hmm. semen is a is a marketable. But baby goats went even in those days for up to several thousand dollars. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But okay. I had national champions of my breed and really high-producing animals. Okay. So, okay. you know, they were very much in the pet realm. Mm-hmm. Now, when did you decide to go to cheese? Well, I, I'm kind of a go-with-the-flow kind of gal. So mm-hmm. I had too much milk. <laughs> I had these four girls. Uh-huh. All of a sudden had to have a way to support myself. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine opened a restaurant, and she said, well, gosh, you're making great cheese at home. Why don't you just make it and sell it to me? So Mm -hmm. that's what I did. So one thing led to another. Yeah, it's just been that kind of series. And then you went to, where did you go in France to train and learn how to best make goat cheese? I did not do that. I made it. says you did. Well, I made a trip to France. (laughs) (laughs) I got my information from the internet. Yeah. Was it fake? Could it be wrong? (laughs) Fake news? (laughs) Oh, no. I did go to France with my friend Judy Shad. Okay. And um, we had a woman take us around to many cheesemakers, but by then I was already making cheese. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, on that trip back from France, I fell asleep and had a dream of Humboldt Fog, mm-hmm. and they came back and made it. So that was, I had divine teaching. Okay, okay. <laughs> and that's where the idea for the ash in the middle of the cheese was inspired by France, maybe. I, I'm sure. You know, you see Morbier over there, right, and you see right. all these beautiful, soft, ripened cheeses right. that are so luscious and right. You know how your brain is in a dream. It just put it all together to right, make. Right. And one. so you you woke up and said, Humboldt Fog is the name, and I'm going to put ash in it. No, I woke up. The The cheese was clearly a visual thing. So mm, the dream, okay. it, it mm-hmm. looked like it looked. And I mm-hmm. had brought some molds back in my um, forms, mm-hmm. back in my mm-hmm. suitcase, mm-hmm. six of them. Mm-hmm. So I had this vision of the cheese, no name yet. Mm-hmm. And, and the right size you'd had. You, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was a five pound cheese mm-hmm. initially. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how to make it because typically you would ladle the cheese into the form, mm-hmm. add your ash if you were going to do that, then fill it up and then it would stay in the forms for several days. Mm-hmm. That clearly wouldn't work if we're making cheese on any kind of more than six twice a week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we had to devise another way to make the cheese. Mm-hmm. So what we did was pre-drain the curd, uh, line it with the mold with cheesecloth and pat it in. Mm-hmm. And that way we could pop the cheese out mm-hmm. and go on down. And we still make it that way today, ah. which is good and bad. So problematic <laughs> because it's not how most people make cheese. Mm-hmm. And so the papers that we've Oh, the, they don't. They, they don't work right. They're not exactly the proper mm-hmm. paper, uh-huh. and because uh-huh. we don't make the proper cheese, right? <laughs> According still, to the rules, we still, love to break rules. <laughs> still, at, at at this point, you're not uh, following the rules. No, but your cheese is, I'd say, in the top five mm-hmm. known American brands. It's really nice. Yeah. Um, 
Humboldt Fog is is our most popular cheese, mm-hmm. but each of our cheese seems to have its own brand. Mm-hmm. So we have Truffle Tremor, mm-hmm. Midnight Moon, mm-hmm. Purple Haze, Psychedelic. Mm-hmm. But people know the cheese, but they don't know the overall brand Cypress Grove often. So we're working on mm-hmm. rebranding right now. Right. Now, Pamela, label. that's where you come in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As the president. Uh, are you um, are you behind or in charge of the rebranding? Well, we have a marketing team that does that. Okay, but it's it's been pretty clear that people don't know the name Cypress Grove. They know mm-hmm. they know their favorite cheeses. And what really made us think about it was we did some market research where we filmed people talking about their cheese experiences. Mm-hmm. And one person in particular was saying they loved Humble Fog. They started at their weddings. It was their best cheese, and that. And then someone said, yeah, don't you like Cypress Grove? And they said, no, I never heard of it. No, it was more when she was doing this interview with the, or with the market research people. They said, well, she also makes Truffle Tremor, and they also make Purple Haze. And the woman got, like, almost angry. Why don't I know this? This is ridiculous. How can I not know this? And we thought, all right. We need, <laughs> We're failing. We need to do a better job of letting people know we make other cheeses. So that was ah, sort of the okay. impetus. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It was surprising. Yeah, I think that most of the Cutting the Curd listeners may know that Cypress Grove makes more than one cheese and that it's you guys. Right. You guys have definitely a more educated audience than the average average people. Yes, I would say so. Right. I remember Purple Haze from when I was a judge in Louisville in 2005. And I had that category. Flavored Uh, goat cheese category. Right. And (laughs) Fresh flavored. Didn't know. I worked at Murray's then. I don't know if we sold it, but if we sold it, we didn't open it because it was small. Mm. So I didn't really know. I knew it was familiar, and I couldn't put my finger on the flavor, but it won the category. Uh, yeah, you know, because it was stupendous. And then I just loved that it was called Purple Haze. Well, it's it's fennel pollen mm-hmm. with a bit of lavender, which is the haze of purple. Mm-hmm. But the pollens take the flavor of whatever they are to just a much more complex le- level. Mm-hmm. And the psychedelic, I don't know if you've had that, but it's dill pollen with a little bit of dill. Oh, mm-hmm. no, I have so not. Good. Is psychedelic newer? Yes, it's newer than Purple Haze. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just started playing with the pollens because they are... Because they accentuate the flavor? You get the flavor, but it doesn't hit you over the head. But it it's just so much more complex. It's like the difference between a fresh cheese and a ripened cheese. Mm-hmm. You know, you get so much more. Mm-hmm. So does the pollen actually do that scientifically? It does it in your mouth, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we Okay. <laughs> It reminds me, someone said truffle trimmer is like a black tie party in your mouth. <laughs> That's a great Isn't that expression. a great expression? I love that one. Yeah, yeah. Now, what year did truffle tremor get invented? 2007, I think. Yeah, Pam's better at numbers. Ah, okay. <laughs> I remember because we won at the American Cheese Society conference that year for best new dairy product or something. So when I thought of that, I thought that was going to be a fresh cheese. Mm-hmm. So I thought truffles and cheese, how could you go wrong? But you could, because with <laughs> a fresh cheese, mm-hmm. it's bright and acidic, and um, the truffles are earthy and deep, and it was just a fight in your mouth. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we mm. 
put those in the ripening room and, and waited. Oh my gosh. And the first time we took a bite, it was it was that perfect marriage of flavor and texture. Mm-hmm. You know that when you really get it right. Now, how long did you let them wait when they were perfect? I mean, when you were working on it? I think it was about a month or maybe a little bit less before mm-hmm. we tried them again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so yummy. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And aren't there two different sizes of Truffle Tremor? And Humboldt Fog. So we make right. um, Humboldt Fog in a five pound and a one pound mm-hmm. and Truffle Tremor in a three pound and a one pound. And does it, uh, is it newer when it's smaller? Like, is it, does it age the same? No. So the surface area to mold ratio affects how the cheese will ripen. So mm-hmm. the bigger cheeses ripen more slowly. Mm-hmm. Originally, I thought the small cheeses would be good for retail and the big cheeses would be restaurant use, mm-hmm. but it's just the opposite. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Got it wrong again. Right, you never But it doesn't tell. matter because they're both, Okay. you know, they both have their they home. They found their homes, yeah, right. Which is what matters. Right. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a short break. This is Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd, talking to Mary Keene and Pamela Dressler about Cypress Grove and all things cheesy. Today's program is brought to you by the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Wisconsin produces the world's best cheese, period. Why? Lush grasslands, glacial water supply, fourth-generation cheesemakers, combining old-world tradition with the new ideas and highest standards. The very best milk. What do you think of when you think of Wisconsin cheese? For me, I think cheese curds, delicious fresh cheese curds, or deep fried cheese curds. Cheese curds literally any way, any time, any place. I think about Andy Hatch and Upland's Cheese Company, the operation behind the Pleasant Ridge Reserve cheese that's literally America's most awarded cheese. I think of the deliciously stinky Limburger and its long-storied history. I think about Raleigh's Dumbarton Blue, a perfect blend of English-style cheddar and notes of blue. I think of Emmy Roth's Grand Cru Chirchois, which was named 2016's World Champion at the World Championship Cheese Contest. Wisconsin is like the world champion of cheese, and once you start reading the list of cheeses made in Wisconsin on their website, you can see why. The Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board is a nonprofit organization funded entirely by Wisconsin's dairy farm families. Read more at eatwisconsincheese.com, and as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, eat Wisconsin cheese. It's a no-brainer. Hi, I'm Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd, back with Mary Keene and Pamela Dressler talking about Cypress Grove. Uh, Mary, I had some other questions to ask you. Oh, I wanted to ask about humane certified and the difference between humane certified and organic for cheese. So humane certified uh, really focuses on the animals themselves mm-hmm. and how are you taking care of them, whereas organic is more... Um, feeding practices, mm-hmm. and veterinary care. Okay. And so we are humane certified, which is a whole series of third-party audits, mm-hmm. checking everything you do for the animals. Like, are they, do they have access to the outdoors? Are they too crowded? Mm-hmm. How do you take care of the babies? All of those things. Mm-hmm. So six years ago almost, we started a, 
are on dairy again mm -hmm. because we're finding that goats aren't properly cared for. Mm -hmm. And our dairy has now had a 100% score twice in both of our audits, which was the first time that's ever happened for them. Mm. So we find that... That's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Just the way we like it. <laughs> but it's so important because what we're seeing is at, as goat cheese is increasing in popularity, mm -hmm. the dairies are often not being successful. Mm -hmm. And that often looks like the farms are going out of business or it looks like the goats aren't being cared for properly mm -hmm. or the farmers aren't making enough money. Mm -hmm. And so we took a whole different approach and we bought baby goats mm -hmm. and raised them for a full year before we had any milk. Mm -hmm. That way we knew we were getting healthy newborns. Mm -hmm. We could fuss with them and get them up and going. And as a result of all this intense <laughs> attention to detail, mm -hmm. we now have goats that give half again as much milk as the average goat in California. Mm, so much more productive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a happy goat. It's a healthy goat. Mm -hmm. And we're trying, we've opened our farm up to all of our competitors even. So you're training people on how to do it right. It's so important, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. we won't have a sustainable industry if the animals aren't healthy and well cared for. Mm -hmm. And often, since goats have two babies a year, farms don't pay attention to how the babies are raised, so they aren't as productive, mm -hmm. and they lose a lot of babies. So mm -hmm. we think you have to start at the very beginning, have a really organized protocol. Mm -hmm. And Now, so is all the, all the milk coming from... This dairy? No. Okay. We have um, kept all of our original dairies. Some are doing well and some are having difficulty. But now we've started providing veterinary care. We help purchase really good quality feed and even make loans to the farms so that they can feed their animals better. Mm -hmm. It's a process. You mm -hmm. can't go to a farmer and say, no, you must do this. But mm -hmm. you work mm -hmm. with them right. and gradually right. improve mm -hmm. the situation for the farms and mm -hmm. the goats. And Is it mostly in your neck of the woods? Yeah, Southern or? Oregon. Mm -hmm. um, we're an hour and a half from, not even, from the Oregon border. So they're mm -hmm. Southern Oregon and Northern California. Okay. Um, is where we mostly get And the work. training facility, how many goats are there? Well, we don't think of it as, we think of it as our farm. But oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but it, we do You do, do also a lot do of training. Work. And we also have, um, like, a... Pamela, you chip in on what? this. When the, the gentleman from, is it Pennsylvania, who's coming in to study the yeah. nutrition? Penn and, State. Yeah. Robert Fonson. Yeah. So testing, um, like, Fitbits for goats mm -hmm. and hmm. other to information. To see what kind of exercise they get. Yeah, and, and how are they moving and what are they eating and how often are they mm -hmm. eating and a lot of mm -hmm. other information. So That's we're doing idea. some research kind of work, but also opening up even mm -hmm. the numbers and everything for mm -hmm. for the goat world. Mm -hmm. Now, I wanted to ask you, you were one of the first um, people to sell your company to Emmy. Yes. And it was a shock back then, but, you know. Horrifying. <laughs> was it a shock to you, too? No. <laughs> but yeah. now people are following in your footsteps. For me, it was about a 
good five-year process. So uh-huh. I met with them every year, and I wasn't mm-hmm. ready. And mm-hmm. they were very kind whenever mm-hmm. you are, come talk to us. And I talked to other people. Mm-hmm. But what the reason I chose Emmy was they're 54% owned by farmers. Uh-huh. The in av- Switzerland. In Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And the average farm is 25 cows. Oh. So okay. they are not a mega company that's mm-hmm. really... I mean, they're a big company, but they're not focused on instantaneous growth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they... Everything I cared about, mm-hmm. they were willing to s- agree to. Mm-hmm. So right now, I don't know how many jobs we've added, but we're still... There's no one from Switzerland at Cypress Grove. Ah, Okay. And Even at, when, now that and that happened six long years ago. ago. Okay, and I'm still there as much uh-huh. as I want to be. Uh-huh. Even though I'm approaching seventy, so mm-hmm. it's just a matter of finding the right fit, mm-hmm. where, where your core values align, mm-hmm. and that was the case. So different companies may have a different plan with them. Well, or different companies that possibly might buy a U.S. goat cheese company might have different plans right. for you, which right, could right. involve... Which could be negative sometimes. Or not what I was interested right. in seeing for my baby mm-hmm. company growing up. Right. You know, I wanted it right. to... And I think Gordon Edgar wrote a great description good. of uh, what the problem is with cheesemakers getting older and envisioning, well, what's going to happen to my company? What's going to happen to my employees? My kids don't want to take over. I've got to sell. Well, or you could just let it die. Right. I mean, and nobody wants that after you've invested 30-something years in... Well, Humboldt Fog cannot die. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I do see people that just pretend it's not going to happen. happen. Mm Mm-hmm. And for me, it was much better to make an agreement. Yes, I'll stay on with the company. Yes, Pam can take over. Mm-hmm. We'd worked together for many years. We mm-hmm. knew each other. We have same core values. Mm-hmm. You know, really employee focused. We think of the goats as employees too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, did your how much did your day to day life change after the sale? None, or is it changing gradually? It. I agreed to continue with the same day-to-day life mm-hmm. for three years. Okay. And so... That's life, over. The, yeah, those three years, years are over. Oh, okay. And so now and, I'm doing everything I want to do. Oh, okay, and good. And gets to do everything else. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so now she's like, she gets to... She gets to pick and choose all the fun optional. stuff. <laughs> I even got a purple robe and a crown... <laughs> For some occasion, I can't remember. It was a celebration of Mary the Queen Day, like two years ago we did that. Oh, excellent. So you get to be crowned as the the queen. What else could a girl want? (laughs) That's But it's very fun. Do you walk around in it often? No. (laughs) I should bring it back in. But the really fun thing is we have such a great team. And Mm -hmm. um, And you have a lot of employees. We're 70 now. Yeah. And we were picture online it was like oh my goodness yeah. this is a big company but we're still a lot of hands-on and you mm-hmm. there's no other way right so in Humboldt cheese. county that's a big deal to have 70 mm-hmm. employees pay them well we provide a lot of educational opportunities mm-hmm. and have a lot of practices around how to take care of employees like um 
Pamela takes everybody to lunch. And why don't you tell this? Yeah. So um, really believe that the employees know most about their jobs than anybody else. And we want everyone to care about the company the same way we do. Mm-hmm. So every three times a year, we take every employee out to lunch in small groups, five or six people, mm-hmm. break food with them. Mm-hmm. And always and ask, talk. what can we do better? What okay. annoys you at work? What ideas do you see? Mm-hmm. And then we actually write them all down so mm-hmm. that, that way there's a record of it. Mm-hmm. And then a record of what we did to either you know, do the idea or explain why we can't do the idea. Mm-hmm. To give them feedback as to, yeah, and to make that sure you that listened and they were what heard. you were doing. And it's mm-hmm. hugely beneficial when you do that. People mm-hmm. really then feel ownership. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing it for about 15 years, so there's this giant long list. And mm-hmm. the ideas get better and better as mm-hmm. the people understand, oh, they They're really do listen. care. Right. They really do know that I know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. and. And sometimes do you try things and they don't work out? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> like our new labels were yeah. the wrong color. Yeah, no. <laughs> and that was on no. us 100%. But Everybody we, makes mistakes. And we try right. and make it not a big deal. We try and say, don't do the, don't do the blame thing, trying to listen right. to the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they talk about that in baseball. How many times do you go up to bat that you get a home run? And you remember the home runs, but the other part falls away if you don't focus on it. <laughs> right. So mm-hmm. that's what we try to do. Well, and it's also for employees, it's more important to listen and try. If it doesn't work, you know, it's it doesn't okay. work. Yeah. I mean, we sent a group of um, 10 or 12 to business training for a year and a half, people that had not had any college education. Mm-hmm. And they worked on the process of how do we make Humboldt fog. So we wanted to make the cheese um, better was mm-hmm. number one, lower the labor implications for their bodies mm-hmm. and lower our cost of production. And they did all three. Wow. And that was their project at business school. Yeah. Ah. But these are creamery floor employees. Uh-huh. But what really changed was how they think. Mm-hmm. So now um, we have this guy, Ruben, who's been with us since he was fresh out of high school, like 17. Mm-hmm. He's had two children since. And the other day, he did this three-page report on how we should apply the ash in this particular way because he knew it would be easier and it would look better. Hmm. I mean, he would never have done They think differently. Right. And hmm. it's so lovely. I mean, if I'm proud of anything, it's that. Great. Right. And I bet you have a big influence on the community in terms of purchasing or employing so many people who can then go to restaurants or, you know. All of that. Yeah. And then also we've always had a practice of giving back um, a certain percentage of our profits to the community. Mm -hmm. And Emmy hasn't changed that either. So, I mean, we've been able Mm -hmm. to do all the things we care about Mm -hmm. and just do them better. Mm-hmm. I mean, having new aging rooms with proper equipment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Building a goat dairy. We could never have done that without Emmy. Banks help. don't loan to goat things. <laughs> oh, they don't? Banks? They don't like you? No. The, uh, banks <laughs> they don't like goat people. They don't like goat. We're weird. You know? <laughs> now, I heard that recently, that goat people are weird. And we, I had never heard that. You know, in the cheese community, everyone seems to love everyone else. So, But when you get outside the cheese community, when you start going to the goat shows and hanging <laughs> out with real goat people, we are a little bit odd. Oh, okay. I mean, to be in a farmer... Way? To be a farmer is odd in America. Okay. Just start that's, there. Okay. To not have cows, then, if you're doing dairy, that's odd. <laughs> to have 
codes is odd because I mean there's no no infrastructure. Is it more odd to have sheep? I don't think so because sheep are meat animals and they have a an old history. Whereas oh, okay. goat dairying in the U.S. But has people eat goat. Not, not much. so much. In mm-hmm. any other country, goat meat is the most popular meat there is. Mm. And um, mm. in the U.S., not so much. Okay. Although a now cardiologist mostly... will tell you it's the best meat you can eat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really healthy. Mm. So, yeah, there's just unlimited opportunity is how we say <laughs> To be a weird goat person. Yeah, and do a good job because, you know... There's there's lots of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, so um, now how were when you invented Lamb Chopper and Midnight Moon? How did you envision branding them? So how Midnight Moon came to be was I was at a fancy food show and this mm-hmm. young man came up to me and said, "This is the cheese my mom makes." Mm-hmm. And she had very similar story to mine. Mm-hmm. You know, son, she's making goat cheese. And it was so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, just incredible. And I said, well, sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the wherewithal to do this. Not enough milk. or Well, he, he, they make those two cheeses for us in Holland and always mm-hmm. have. But mm-hmm. it took us several years mm-hmm. to figure out, you know, there's certain practices we had to change and certain mm-hmm. recipe things and mm-hmm. to work it all out. Oh, so he, the person who actually made it in Holland came up to you yes. and said, this is the cheese my Can, mother makes. Yes, and would you sell this cheese in the U.S.? Uh-huh. But okay. it wasn't, for a variety of reasons, it wasn't time. But mm-hmm. ultimately, we started mm-hmm. working with them. Mm-hmm. And now we actually contract for the milk in advance the cheese follows our recipe, mm-hmm. and it's made exclusively for us. Mm-hmm. And and is it sold in Holland too? No, no. it's exclusively our oh, cheese. Okay. So okay. it's our particular recipe mm-hmm. and very good quality milk. I mean, mm-hmm. we have a lot of rules. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like that was a long a long process. It was a long process, but. And what year did it? Um, that one uh, did it get released? American a Fancy Food Show Prize oh, wow. the first year. I'm going to think 2000. Was it 2001? Could be, hmm. give or take. So long ago. Yeah, okay. yeah. We've been doing that a okay. long time. It's okay. really. I mean, that's my grandkids' favorite cheese. Ah, because you can do anything with mm-hmm. it. You know, you can eat it plain or grilled cheese sandwich. Right, right. And it it is more, I think, accessible than a newer goat cheese. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, and Lamb Chopper, we say he's born to be mild. You know, he's he's so cute. And Uh the cheese, when you first put it in your mouth, you Mm -hmm. think, oh, this is okay. It's good, but it's Mm -hmm. not exciting. Mm -hmm. But the longer it sits on your mouth, the more you get the Mm -hmm. nuance and Mm -hmm. the and the depth of flavor with mm-hmm. that one too. So, oh. okay, we love them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you have any more? Uh, do you have a good story to tell me? Oh gosh, Pamela Dressler. Um, what is a good story about? We already told the ones about the employees that always make me so proud. Oh, that's great. Yeah, those are the, good. And how they they've really changed their thinking. Um, 
I can't think of any story that we can tell. No? Can you? <laughs> what have we not hit on? Well, I'm, I mean, to me, it's the cheeses come from the employees and the mm-hmm. goats, and, mm-hmm. and that's where we put our focus. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of people focus on the bottom line or profitability or anything mm-hmm. else, but mm-hmm. I think if you focus on the things that matter, which are the cheese, the employees, and the goats, mm-hmm. all the other stuff will fall into mm-hmm. place. And and as an original goat lover, that's <laughs> where you are. We have to. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else. And stick to mm-hmm. your core values. And mm-hmm. being the size we are, I mean, people probably think we're bigger than we are because mm-hmm. our brand is well known. Mm-hmm. But it does give us some ability to do things like this dairy where we can dig into the details and mm-hmm. try and shift. Mm-hmm. Um, on our website, for example, we have the secret life of cheese. Mm-hmm. I mean, your viewers know this, but soft ripened cheeses are different the day you buy them or a month later. And mm-hmm. and do you have to throw that cheese out or what could you pair it with that would be different? So with each of our cheeses, we talk about this is what it might look like, but a month later it might it not might. be so cute. You know, <laughs> maybe you want. But then you can do something else with exactly. it. Exactly, mm-hmm. and and there is no need ever to throw away a piece of cheese if you mm-hmm. pay attention to it. You know, mm-hmm. at the very least, you can do a sauce or, mm-hmm. um, you know, Humboldt fog can dry if you leave it in the wax paper we sell it in, but mm-hmm. if you wrap it in. Uh, Saran, it will get really goopy, like a really, mm. really runny brie. Mm-hmm. So, what do you want? Right. I mean, and you have some mm-hmm. say over that, mm-hmm. how you treat it, and mm-hmm. and how you care for it, and how you use it. And that's so. on the website. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we do a lot of education, mm-hmm. and I did a a tasting next to um, the folks from Reggiano Parmigiano one time, mm-hmm. and she has this one cheese for six or eight hundred years they've made one cheese (laughs) and in america people always say what's new (laughs) you know and we have quite a nice little portfolio of cheeses Mm -hmm. from fresh to firm Mm -hmm. semi-soft and does the world need more than two thousand is what we had at acs so we're really (laughs) trying to focus right recently on education for Mm -hmm. cheese lovers and farmers Mm -hmm. and you know try to take care of the Mm -hmm. basics i Mm -hmm. think is where we've been spending our time lately Mm -hmm. it seems like your life as a as a cheesemaker has really developed nicely i know (laughs) (laughs) i mean i never branched out yeah you know sort of slowly and reasonably and thoughtfully and now you're, you know, you're it's, getting to do new things. It's really lovely. I mean, mm-hmm. I was a marine biology major, so who would think mm-hmm. I would end up with the goat cheese <laughs> company? But mm-hmm. um, it's it is really nice mm-hmm. because, you know, a lot of people have to retire immediately, mm-hmm. and when you love something, you don't want to do that. You want to have some involvement mm-hmm. and. Pam is always including me, you know. Well, look, look she's a, such a better storyteller than I am. So. <laughs> of course, it's a benefit to me, too, right? <laughs> no, but, I mean, we, we've always worked well together. Uh-huh. And um, 
you know, we had to go to business therapy. <laughs> we did. Oh, and I had never been to therapy before. Oh, gosh. But we, business therapy. Excellent. At the very beginning when we weren't getting along. Well, I didn't understand her because mm-hmm. she wanted to make an org chart. This is the a very big example. An org chart. You organization. Know, yeah, this yeah. is the straw yeah. that broke the camel's back for This is why we had to go to therapy. So she, you know... An organizational chart where I'm at the top was present as owner, and mm-hmm. she was below me as the general manager, and blah blah blah. I just started sobbing. I said, "Why, Pam, if you put me in a box like this, I'll never have another creative idea." <laughs> I was putting her in a box. <laughs> Yeah. Did you know what to do? No, I was so like, speechless. We, she had no idea what to do. So, I mean, we are coming from very, and she's been very patient in teaching me business practice. There was nothing, no harm in the box. No, that the box is safe. And I can actually, don't have to hang out there no, all the time. No, no, no you but, don't want to. But it is funny because uh-huh. I came from a very different background mm-hmm. and that we've been able to work through those kinds of things, I mm-hmm. think speaks volumes to the health of the company mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. You know, it, it, Pam has even cried at an employee meeting. She's taught me things, crier. and she is not, and I am. So, I mean, you know, we've we've really grown together. I think a lot in mm-hmm. in this company for both of us. Mm-hmm. And now there's so much opportunity because mm-hmm. we have, you know, the Emmy Group that right. we can help. Right. I mean, right. she's had a lot of, and and our whole staff really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have resources that you didn't have before. Not only financial, which we have, but educational. And you would think that they're the big company. They would come in. Mm -hmm. But it's been almost more the opposite, where Mm -hmm. they call on us to help. Mm. Because we have that entrepreneurial spirit Mm -hmm. and... We're scrappy still. Girl <laughs> marketing, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, we, we're bootstrap mm-hmm. kind of uh-huh. gals, uh-huh. you know, barn boots and mm-hmm. no high heels. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, on that note, I'm going to say goodbye. Oh. Thank you so much, Thank Mary you. Kane You're and welcome. Pamela Dressler, for coming in from all the way from California, I know, Humboldt it's County. I fancy. <laughs> Fancily here in the uh, container in the back of Roberta's. Yeah, it's fantastic. This is Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd. I'll see you next month. listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.